0: This is episode number 31 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome to episode number thirty-one of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. This is part one of a two-part interview with Claire Chandler. Claire is pretty awesome. You guys are going to like her a lot. Uh, she she's really an expert at at getting the right people. In your organization so that you can grow to the next level. Um, she'll tell you a little bit about herself, but, but it's a fantastic interview. I think you guys are going to get some, some great information out of this. So without further ado, here's Claire. Hey guys, welcome back to High Impact Leaders. Our topic today is the art of profitable swagger. Basically, a subtopic would be how confident leaders build and sustain a profitable business. And and the neat thing about it is we have a special guest with me today, um, Claire Chandler. Um, she's with the the talent with Talent Boost, right? That's the name of your organization, or is, it, is that right. the that's because I know you have like a you've got quite a few that you've started that are I've all got a quite
1: producing. a few brands. I'm I'm uh, <laughs> uh, really... bouncing around the universe there, but Talent Boost, yeah, is my company.
0: Right, good deal, great. And and she's she's an expert at kind of the people side of scaling your business I guess is the best way to describe it you know you you help business owners and managers and leaders kind of take their take their organizations to the next level and really build that next generation of people along the way so that you you keep that culture um, i I know you can probably explain it a whole lot better than I can but but it's one of the reasons why we're kind of excited to to have you on so if you would just kind of tell a little tell the listeners a little bit about kind of your, your background. Cause I know you started out in, in HR and you were the dreaded HR person that did all the, I, I'm, I'm I was you know.
1: <laughs> I was <laughs> the dreaded HR lady. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, Doug, first of all, thank you for having me. It's, it's great to spend a little bit of time with you and, and your listeners. Um, yeah. So I spent, uh, close to 20 years in corporate America. Um, After, by the way, finishing college and swearing that I was never going to work in corporate, I'm the, you know, the child of uh, a school teacher and a small business owner. And so corporate was never really, uh, you know, in the plans for me, but, you know, you go where the opportunities are. Um, And so I didn't start in HR, but I did end in HR, um, you know, I I was an English major in college. Uh, I worked in uh, communications roles, um, doing everything from from branding and um, you know public relations and marketing and things like that. Um, then I spent a couple of years in customer service as uh, my company's head of customer relations, which was great, great experience. Yeah. And then uh, I snuck into hr through the side door i always say and what i mean by that is there was a uh, an opportunity um that was being uh created because the the head of employee development had given notice um and so i had been with the company for for several years by then and they knew you know my 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 reputation as a good performer and kind of this reliable um, you know, kind of multi-skilled person. And, uh, and so they offered me the position and that um, morphed into and evolved over several years, um, you know, into a broader uh, talent development role, which, you know, encompassed recruiting and staffing and, right. and talent reviews and succession planning, executive coaching and leadership development and all those things. And that became my passion. That was when I realized that that was what I was destined to do. Um, and then my final year in corporate uh, was more in a, a in a line role so I was vP of, of human resources um, for our, our largest division um, when i when I ended up uh, leaving the company and taking the leap into consulting
0: nice okay good and, and I'm assuming I know that a lot of us have some of those um instances in our careers where we were doing something and and somehow we just kind of we figured something out there, there was like this this trigger event where when that thing happened we're like holy cow this is a lot easier than i thought it was going to be or that is not the way that i want to when i'm the boss <laughs> i am not going to do it that way right so i'm assuming yeah. that being in hr you probably saw that on all kinds of different levels and that's probably one of the reasons <laughs> one of the things that you kind of coach people to either do or not do when you're consulting well, boy isn't that family. true
1: yeah, you know what, and, and, and every role that you're in, um, I think all of us have that, that one boss, or maybe it's multiple bosses where we say, you know, when when I'm the king, when I'm the queen, when I'm the head of the company or the head of the team, um, that, you know, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Or, you know, on the flip side, hopefully all of us have had at least one uh, leader or mentor or example of what true leadership really does look like right um, that that makes us sit up and take notice and take and take notes and say when it's my turn I'm gonna be like that person not like this person um, for you know for me and sometimes I, I call myself a corporate survivor right so I said I, I spent close to 20 years in corporate after swearing I wouldn't do it um, one of the things that really kind of Woke me up and was one of the final straws, if you will, to 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 me going. What am I doing? Like, how much longer am I going to try to fit into this this corporate mold and this box and this idea of what a you know a good soldier, a good employee should be? Um, was a day when literally my boss pulled me aside and said, "You need to tone down your walk," and I said. What are you talking about? Your and walk? he said,
0: "Did you say your walk?"
1: My walk, my walk. Yeah. The way that I literally walked down a hall and he oh said, goodness. "It's too happy. It's too <laughs> bouncy and you're freaking people out." And I thought, "You know what? The 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 day has come when you know this has finally uh, you know, and this is the same guy who had said to me, you know, on an occasion when we were walking into a boardroom and I'm, you know, I was, a, I was kind of a big deal by then. I was on an executive right. track and I was yeah. a VP and all this. And we're heading into the boardroom to, to brief the, the uh, the, the senior leadership team on, on something related to, to people and development and all of that. And he said, now remember, we're going into the boardroom in front of the executive committee try to tone down the goofy. Everything was toned down with him. like, don't be so goofy. Don't be like, you're, you know, Claire at a 10, we need Claire at like a seven. I'm like, okay, I, I can kind of do that. Um, and you know, it was, it was sort of, it was that and the tone down your walk that I thought, you know, anybody who's going to tell me to, to suppress my natural personality, nice. um, you're doing me a favor because you, you are saying to me in, in bold face type, you know, this is the box and you either, yeah, you're either going to sit in that box or you're going to jump out. So, so it was actually a good thing that he told me that.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the, the longer that I'm in, you know, consulting and training and, you know, doing leadership and development for, for folks, it, it, I hear some real horror stories and a lot of times folks will kind of come into my leadership classes and the, and they'll, they'll say things like, Oh my God, I had a really bad boss once. And some of the things that I hear are like, how in the world do you think that's going to motivate people? How in the world do you think yeah. that's going to help people grow and help them develop and help them become, uh, they, you know, the, the person that they can, that they can really live up to, to, to be. So, so it's kind of sad, but it also tells me a little bit more about the culture that he was creating around, around himself. than than it tells me about, about you really, you know? It, so,
1: yeah. You know what it, it, it did say a lot about yeah. much more about, uh, Um, him and the, you know, the, the, the culture he was looking to reinforce um, and recognize in positive ways versus, you know, the culture that I really uh, would find magnetic. Um, And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, it was a little bit of a, of an awakening, but I think a good one because it was, it was one of those um, cultural red flags that really prompted me to, to go out on my own and just take my shot.
0: Right. Nice, uh, yeah, and hey, you did everybody, he did everybody—he did everybody a favor. He did—he did you a favor, and he did all of us a favor too, because now we get to to share in your experience as well. So <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, so okay, so tell us about the the profitable swagger, because you're you're really talking my language. Because I I the, I don't know if you know this or not, but the other side of the the Leaders Institute, my company is uh, is our presentation skills training. We do like public speaking classes all over the the, the world, and one of the things that I've always said. Is that people judge our competence by the confidence that we show, and so Absolutely. when I saw your when I saw your kind of catchphrase, the profitable swagger, your your ba- at least I assume anyway that what you're talking about there is hey the way that you carry yourself will determine how other people kind of see you as well, and that's one of the things that you're kind of coaching these not only individuals within the companies, but the but create that as part of the company culture as well, I'm assuming. Absol-
1: absolutely. And this is one of those things that kind of feeds itself, right? So the, the swagger comes from from you projecting confidence. And the more uh the, the more outwardly you you carry yourself in that way, the more success is going to come to you, right? Which which gives you even more confidence to have more of a swagger. Um so yeah so I came up with the with the term or the brand or the phrase profitable swagger. Um, as a, as a way to describe what I call replicable confidence, right? So it's not, this is not um, fake it till you make it. This is not act as if this is truly um, the the confidence you have that the way you walk, Mm -hmm. the way you carry yourself, where you're going as a company are, are right. And it doesn't mean it's perfect. But that it's right for you, um, and so you know. For me, um, if if you or your listeners ever ever stumble upon my LinkedIn profile, you'll see I have a little bit of a story about this. But I, you know, th- this this story I just told about being told to tone down my walk um, it was certainly not the first time I've ever been approached about the way I walk. My entire life, people have noticed the way I walk. Um, you know, from from growing up, and my big brother would kind of make fun of me because I had this habit of walking on my tiptoes. Um, I don't really know why, but I did. You to get there you know, faster. So,
0: yeah, If you I guess, i or I faster, felt, right?
1: felt taller or something. Like my parents were tall, and maybe I just you know wanted to be more noticed. I'm not sure. Um, but all my life, people have noticed the way that I walk. And you know, as as I've gotten older and gotten more comfortable and confident in my own skin that it's okay to be goofy. It's okay to walk, you know, happy and with a bounce to your step. Um, I've realized that embracing my, you know, my, my brand of goofy, my personality, my genius zone um, have given me the confidence to, you know, to do what I do, to love what I do, and to bring value to the clients that I serve. Right. So, you know, profitable swagger is this notion that, you can walk with this confidence that you can replicate over time as a business leader. And it's a confidence that you know where you're going and that you are not alone in that journey. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that has become kind of this movement that I am bringing out to the world to, to help companies and their leaders achieve profitable swagger.
0: Uh, awesome. Good deal. Yeah, So so I, I know that a big part of what you do is, is you know, helping business leaders kind of attract the right talent to their organization. And obviously the, the profitable swagger kind of branding is, is a, that's a good way to do it. People want to, you know, if, if they see that somebody is confident, if they see that somebody is really good at what they do, folks kind of want to jump on board. But um, I I'm assuming that you have lots of different tips, maybe just two or three gems that you can kind of share with the listeners that they can go, Oh, wow, I can do that. in my office as well, when I'm hiring somebody, what do you look for? What do you teach people to look for, and has it changed? I'm probably asking like seven questions, but I'm just you, I'm really, you are. this is awesome. Keep going. No, this is great. This and is and
1: great. Then,
0: and the, but the thing that I really want to get to after you answer that <laughs> is how have things changed since COVID? I mean, that's
1: yeah,
0: that has thrown so many monkey wrenches into a lot of different things. And now I know, like here in I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I'm in Texas, and right now. We got tons of people that are fleeing from from other states. They're coming into, to, to we, we've just got massive amounts of people kind of coming in to um, our our cities, and uh, it's creating all kinds of interesting work dynamic in the, in the workplace and stuff like that. So, so what, what kind of um, I know that's like seven different compound questions. There were a lot of questions in there. So you may have to
1: feed me a couple this is sort of like that, you know, the game show where they say it's a multi-part question. So I'll
0: take the, let's start with the first first. one, which is a a few of the key (laughs) kind of gems that you can, that you can share with people about, about kind of creating that culture as they're beginning their growth process, or if they're already in their growth process, how do you find people and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and the key word to that is is the right people right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're living in we're living in a year right now that um, has created a, a a real challenge in terms of of rising unemployment, unfortunately. Um, and the the companies who see that as an opportunity to scoop up available talent are looking at it the wrong way. Um, I you know I truly believe that this is an even greater opportunity to to make sure that you find the right talent. Hmm. Um, you know, so it's not. I don't know if you if you like to fish, but this is not the time where you throw out your bunker net and scoop up you know every possible wiggling little little bait that's out there. You really want to be very strategic about who you hire. How do you do that? Um, the the first place I start with every single client, every single client, regardless of how long they've been in business, how big they are, you know, if this is their first growth spurt or their seventh. Um, is to make sure that they are crystal clear on what their mission is. And every time I say that, I, I kind of get that reaction of, well, that's really like simplistic, right? And it is. It's simple, but it's not easy. You would be surprised how many companies kind of blow past that. They either don't think it's important or assume that everybody already knows what the mission is. Um, and so it's really important not to skip that step because that's the, that's the floor. That's the foundation for, um, you know, for, for growth in the right direction and for really determining who that right talent is. So I spend um, a, a, a really good amount of time and attention on getting that clarity around mission. And sometimes for a company, it is, um, you know, a, a, a matter of reconnecting them with their mission, their why, their purpose, right? And their and their sort of long-term horizon. For mm-hmm. others, it's a matter of reinventing that or maybe building it, you know, clarifying it for the first time, especially this year. You know, you talked about um, uh, COVID, which, you know, like never before in any of our lifetimes has impacted every single one of us on a personal level and on a business level, right? Um, and so it, it's, it's really important to take the opportunity that COVID has provided to, you know, remind yourself why we are in business to begin with. Is this still the purpose that best serves us and our people? And are we best situated to go and achieve that? So, you know, mission clarity is huge. Getting the right talent versus just the available talent, um, you know, is enormous. And if you have those two things, then you're off to the races. Then a lot of it is, is, is building the how, through the filter of, you know, your why and your who.
0: Do you have any t- tips for like, since since a lot of times the interview process, I, I, it might be a 20 minute meeting or a 30 minute meeting or an hour long meeting, depending on how strenuous the interview process is. And sometimes folks are going through resumes or LinkedIn profiles and all that kind of stuff. How is it that you find the people that are in line with your mission, uh, with a limited amount of resources, you know, limited amount of, of information to to kind of pull from. Any any kind of tips on that? Um, that you've kind of any secrets that you've kind of figured out that that lets pe- that that um, you kind of uh, help folks get around that big hurdle there.
1: Yeah, so so just to kind of clarify what you're looking for there. So you you mean how how do you how do you identify in that candidate across the
0: right, across yeah. the so table somebody, or
1: across the video screen from you?
0: Right. So we're I'm I'm yeah. I'm talking with somebody. I, I can go back and look at the red, but they're only going to put the really good stuff on their resume. They're not going to put the five times that they got fired last year and that. Kind of, of course. Thing. So I mean, that, so so how is it that I can kind of go? all right, this is my checklist. This is what I'm looking for. These are the things that, these are the values, I guess, that, that, um, that, um, that exist in my organization. This is the culture that I'm trying to create. Where do these people, where does this person kind of rank? Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't have a whole lot of time with that person. So is it just asking the right questions while they're in that interview to help, help you make a better decision? Or do you have any, any other types of tips that you could give folks on how to do that?
1: Yeah, so it, so it's a combination of things, right? And and the the saying of you you hire for will and you train for skill, right? Uh, or you hire you hire attitude and you train for skill, um, is still true today. And I would argue it's even more so um, in in the I almost said the post COVID era, but we're not really post yet. So in the yes. in the era that COVID has started, right? Right. Um, because a lot of those early screening um, you know, conversations are now being held remotely. Yes. We were always doing phone screens. Um, yes. Now we have video that takes place of, of perhaps that first round in-person interview, but that's, you know, that's never replacement for being physically in the same room with somebody where you can read the body language. You can sense the tone. Um, you kind of have your, your, your BS meter, right. On how they answer certain interview questions. Um, so again, you know, there, there's a there's a challenge because of the time we're living in, but there's also an opportunity. Um, so yes, to come back to your to your first kind of guess, uh, you can absolutely start to dig in deeper in terms of of the questions that you ask, and I'm, I'm sure you are no stranger to behavioral interviewing techniques, right? So you right. don't ask just yes or no questions, you don't ask hypotheticals, um, you really try to drill down into you know, tell me a time when, describe a situation in which this, um, how did you overcome X? Give me some details on Y, right? right? So there are absolutely behavioral um, interviewing questions. There are techniques, um, you know, and and as the interviewer, you want to be super prepared, right? Because you don't want to just know what questions you want to ask. You want to be able to ask them in a way where your focus is on the answer, not in preparing for the next question,
0: right? right. And
1: that's super important in, in, in any interview, um, that's going to give you a lot of the qualitative context for a candidate's potential fit into your culture, but there's also a way to do that, uh, it, that is more quantitative. There are, um, there are assessment tools. There's a suite of tools that I happen to use, but there are a lot of them out there that, um, once you are clear on, so this is going to come back to that mission clarity. Right. Once you are absolutely clear on why you are in business to begin with, why that matters, and you know where you're trying to get to, now you can start to look at okay, what do we have right within our organization already that is um, that is going to help fuel our you know our engine and our and our trajectory toward that mission. And what right. do we lack, right? Yeah. What do we need? Because now you can go into those interviews, you can go into those um, those job searches, those candidate screenings with a little bit more of a of a of a pinpoint focus than a bunker net, right? right. Because now it's saying, it, all else being equal, if these three five candidates whatever meet the basic technical requirements of the position, which one is going to be um, you know, the, the best fit with our, with our culture from a personality perspective, certainly, but also from a skill set, from an X factor, from an intangible, from the way that they process the world, you know, who is going to help best fill the gaps that we have in our culture, not just, you know, kind of fit in well with the, t- with with the, the team. team. Fit is important, sure. but filling in those fundamental gaps right. that are standing in the way of you achieving your mission are absolutely critical as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that I I, that was really one of the tougher kind of lessons that I had to learn as a as a business owner was that um, I was I was hiring based on personality and skill and stuff like that. And, and, And it wasn't until I started saying, well, wait a minute. That person's a speaker, just like I am. <laughs> that person can sell just like I can. Wait a minute. We need new talent here. We need something yeah. that I don't do, right? That's when the, the company really started to grow was when I started to to kind of look for the, the holes that I had, which I have huge holes, you know, so huge holes as a business owner. And that's, and that's where really that.
1: diversity, right? That's, that's really what diversity is all about. It's yeah. not about, you know, what, what on the surface, what are the characteristics that you know we we are short on that's not what diversity was ever intended to be diversity is about what are the perspectives that i, I need to add that complement and challenge my way of thinking so i'm not building this in a vacuum i'm not creating silos and i'm not just hiring people who look and walk and talk and and behave exactly like i do
0: right So that's a good place to stop. We're about halfway through the interview with Claire. Please join us next week for part two. See you then. Thanks, guys.